filled us with your spirit. You healed us. You, you renewed our minds. You've, 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 you've met our needs. And, and you, you've just given us a, a, a great life. And I thank you. It's a good life. Praise God. Hallelujah. That we have. We thank you for it. Anoint us this morning and give us a revelation and utterance in the Holy Ghost. Uh, in your word, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 Go ahead and be seated. Good to be with you this morning, and um, I am. I am. I think when I was singing that song about the goodness of God, I was just thinking about how good He has been. I love that song. Praise God, He has been good to us. Are you ready for the Word today? Amen. Let's go in our Bibles to Genesis chapter eight. And we're just going to kind of just stir ourselves up and encourage ourselves a little bit here in the Word today, and. Uh, Talk about uh, stick with it. Just stick with it. Amen. <laughs> Some things you just got to stick with it. And, and if you stick with it, praise God, you'll possess the blessing. Amen. Let's go, uh, let's go to uh, the eighth chapter of uh, Genesis and uh, verse uh, 22. Haven't read this verse in a long time, but I like this verse. It says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Well, thank God for that. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to talk, I want to I center in and talk about how, you know, God said, while the earth remains, seed time harvest will be here. Amen. Well, from what I can tell, the earth's still here. Cold and heat's still here. Summer and winter still here. Day and night still here, right? I mean, you know, this, and you know, you can look at this and you think, you know, uh, this is just like the natural, but no, this is in the spirit. You know, the Bible tells us that that which is natural came first and that which is So the New Testament tells us that there's seed time and harvest in the New Testament. And so we just want to talk about that and about just sticking with it. And uh, when we get, as we go along, you'll get, you'll, you'll understand what we're talking about. When I talk about just stick with it, just stay with it, amen. And so, uh, anyway, uh, he, he talked, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest. So, you know, these are things, you know, sometimes, some things you don't even need to pray about. This is just, this is going to happen. I mean, I don't know I, I, what I'd think if you came up here today for prayer and said, I just want you to agree with me, it's going to turn night tonight. I'm just... I just don't know what to think of you because it has, all the years I've been on this earth, the 60-some years I've been on this earth, it, and there's never been a day failed. You, you know, you, I, I just pray, will you just agree with me that it's going to turn winter? No, I will not. First of all, I don't want it to. Secondly, we don't need to. It's just going to, amen? So there's going to be, God said, as long as all these things remain, as long as the earth remains, there's going to be seed time and harvest. In other words, there's going to be, and, and the way it's just seed, it's not just harvest. See, I think you can get in trouble here because people think, I planted a seed and now I'm going to have a harvest. Well, you've got to reap the harvest. You've got to reap the harvest. Anymore in a farmer, he can plant seed, but it doesn't mean he's going to harvest. He's, he has a harvest, but he's got to reap the harvest. But yet, sometimes I meet people, you know, sometimes, and they're, they're trying to harvest and they haven't planted any seed. You know what I'm saying? I mean, people, well, the, have you ever said this? You know, someday the Lord's going to heal me. 
you know that someday never shows up. And the reason it doesn't show up because you've got to plant some seed. What kind of seed you got to plant? Well, you need to plant the, seed, the healing seeds of God's word in your heart. Or, you, you know, a faith's a seed. How many you know that? Amen. Money's a seed. That's right. Amen. Thank God. Uh, all these things are seeds. So, but what I want to deal with in this verse is this. I'm on, I, I'm, I know it's a play on words, but uh, give me some liberty here. I, I want to talk to you about what, what, you know, that it's not just seed and it's not just harvest, but it's seed plus time equals harvest. Amen. Now, I know the scripture Seed time harvest. I understand that, but I, I work with me, everybody. Amen. Seed plus time equals harvest. I don't know about you. I like seed. I like harvest. I'm not fond of time. You know, because I don't. I don't know about you. I don't like to wait for anything. I, I was on the phone yesterday. I'm not a phone guy. Let me tell you, I'm not a phone guy. If I get, if you, if you talk, if you call me. You know what, what's on my mind? I, I love you, I want to talk to you, but, but I tell you, in the back of my mind, every phone goes, how quick can I get off of here? Yeah. I was on the phone for five hours and 54 minutes yesterday. One call. Five hours. He said, well, who were you talking to? Well, I just, it was uh, airlines. <laughs> Trying to get some things straightened out. So, so I, that, you know, that, that, I don't like, I'm, I'm not a waiter, you know, like, I mean, if we go to a restaurant and they say, well, you got to wait 45 minutes, I'm gone. And I'll tell Phyllis sometimes, so sometimes, you know, we go to a restaurant and they say, you got to, you know, it's a 35, 40 minute wait. And I'll say, no, let's go. And we drive for 35, 40 minutes across town to go eat somewhere. We might as well just sit there. But at least I wasn't waiting, praise the Lord. But how many of there is such a thing called time, right? You get, you, get, you know, and time just keeps moving by, doesn't it? I was telling Phyllis this morning, I said, man, if you'd have told me when I was 20 years old, I'd still be here. You know, when we're in our 60s and 70s, preaching the gospel, pastoring our church, I would have thought, you're crazy. The Lord's coming back. Yep. Amen. I won't still be here. I wasn't planning on being here, but here we are. We're here. Amen. And he's still coming back, but, you know, I don't know when, but he's coming back. But, but we have to understand, you know, when, when it comes to seed time and harvest, that, that there, we, we have to understand, not get offended at the element of time, that sometimes things take a little time sometimes. I don't understand all of this. Why it always takes time sometimes, but I know there are some reasons. I understand that, but I don't know everything. I just know that's not my job. My job's just to just to plant and to reap the harvest. Amen. And uh, you know the time part. Things I've been believing God for a long time. You know that came. You know fairly. Took. You know uh, I'm thinking. About one, it took, it, took, it took several months. I've been confessing for some things now. So, uh, this June was about a year. And even though it still hasn't manifested, I still know it belongs to me. I still know it's mine. Amen. You know, and you can get offended at times them in the past. But that's, don't get into that. Don't get into unbelief. Just trust God and trust his word and know that, you know, it'll, it'll come. Amen. Amen. It'll come. Praise God. You know, we had the great privilege. We, I've been wanting this for quite some time. We had the privilege last week to burn our mortgage. Amen. Yeah, so thank God for that. We took yeah. that thing out in the parking lot. Not the original one, but, you know, copy and lit the thing on fire and said <laughs> bye-bye to you. Well, you know, we've sowed a lot of seed. Amen. But harvest came. Praise the Lord. Amen. So thank God. There is a period of time where it's going to come. If you don't give up, 
I was, uh, I was, I was complaining. I know nobody here does that. But I was complaining, it's been many years ago, it's before we were even pastoring the church, so it was in the 90s, early, early 90s, we were, we, I was going somewhere to preach, and I was just talking to the Lord, I said, uh, you know, things you've told me that haven't come to pass yet, I'm talking about ministry-wise, and I think, you know, uh, we were going to, I, we were going, might have been going to Bedford, Indiana to preach at a church. But anyway, uh, I, I, was, I was talking to the Lord about that. I said, there's a lot of things that haven't come to pass that you told me was going to come to pass. And, and I began saying, well, you know, my friend over here, he's doing that, and this one's doing that, and that, that one's doing that. You know, Paul said, compare yourself with other people. It's not wise. Right. Right. But it, I was, and so the Lord spoke to me. I don't mean audibly, but I just heard this just, just real plain. He said, uh, when you get home, he said, I want you to study Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not be weary. You all know the scripture, don't you? In well-doing, for in due season, we shall reap if we don't what? If we don't faint. And have you know, if right there is a mighty big word. And so... Uh, I got to studying that when I got home. I got to looking at it and I thought, I thought about due season. How many know what it means when the electric bill's due? You better pay it, right? Because you owe it, right? The electric company's got it coming to them. What happens if you don't pay it? The lights get turned off. What happens if you don't pay the water bill? You're not showering. You're going to the river. <laughs> you know, why, why, why is it? Because it's due. Uh, wait, you know what? That's what God's saying. He's saying, if you've sown the seed, you have a harvest due to you. And it comes in due season. If you don't faint. But now, here's the interesting thing. I wrote this down, or I typed it out. And I don't write anymore. I, use, I type. It's a lot easier to read. I found out that that word due season, that word due season in, in Galatians, when you dig it out, it means private, personal, proper time. Private, personal, proper time. And so the Lord said to me, he said, everybody's got their own private, personal, proper time. Don't you be concerned about somebody else's private, personal, proper time. You just trust me for your private, personal, proper time. Hallelujah. One, one young lady, she's married now, not, but, but years ago, I mean, she'd leave him for her husband, you know. And uh, <clears throat> she's in her 20s, and she's believing for her husband. The Lord gave me a word for her, you know. I was at their church. I think I was at their church. And uh, the Lord gave me a word for her and, and said, uh, God's working on your husband. And she's excited about that. You know, she won the husband. God's working on your husband. Six years later, he wasn't around. And then she, I was either back at their church or she was at our church, and she asked me, she said, where's my husband? He told me six years ago, <laughs> God's working on my husband. I said, like, I don't know where your husband's at. He must need a lot of work. <laughs> but you know what? And she was real smart. She had a list of everything she wanted him to be. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, he had to be... Uh, he had to be a tither, he had to be a faithful, a churchgoer, uh, hairy chest, gold chain, 
no, <laughs> I don't know what all she had. She had a long list, though. I don't remember what was on her. But anyway, the guy uh, that finally became her husband at that time of that prophetic word, he didn't match those things. He, I don't think he went to church. He didn't tithe. He wasn't committed to God. So God was working on him. It took six years to get him to God to get him to fit what she had written out. And when that happened, now they're married and got a kid. So, um, so don't look at me and say, where's mine? Look to God. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not working on him. I'm just, I just delivered the message. That's all. And so, you know, but see, there's the thing. A lot of people give up time. They quit. And they give up because of time. We've got to learn. We gotta, there, there's, seed, there's seed plus time. And that equals harvest. Don't get offended at the time. Don't give up because of time. Because that's Why would Paul say we'll reap if we faint not? If everything happened automatically, you wouldn't have to tell you that. I mean, if I'm running, out to the, if I'm running from here to the truck, you don't have to say to me, don't get tired. My gosh, if I can't run that far, I got, you need to take me to the doctor right now. Something wrong. But see, if I'm going to run, if I'm going to run from here and go all the way around, you might say, don't get tired. Well, you know what I'm saying. I mean, because that's, you know, there's going to be an opportunity to quit. But thank God. We're not quitters, amen? amen. Let's go to uh, James chapter 7. James the 7th chapter. Ecclesiastes says something that I like. It, it says in Ecclesiastes, and it's talking about sowing. It says that he that uh, observes the wind won't sow, and he that regards the clouds won't reap. In other words, if you, if you, allow, the, if you allow the devil to, to talk you out of things because of circumstances, you won't, you won't ever reap or you won't ever sow. You know, like, well, I, I've seen this. You know, people are like, well, I, I don't have the money to sow. Well, everybody's got something. Amen? Amen? Did you find James? Yeah. All right, so, so we have to understand that, you know, we can't... Well, I've even heard people say this, you know, well, they'll get a sickness or something, and they're like, this is too big for God. Now, they don't say it that way, but you can just tell. It's like, you just cut your harvest off. God could heal you and you harvest, but you're, but you're, you're observing the clouds. Well, yeah, if a pastor, if I didn't have cancer... Well, God heals cancer. I've got people in my church been healed of cancer. I know people have been healed of cancer. I know people have died of cancer. But God, 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 He still heals cancer. Amen. Uh, you know what? I've been I've been blind for forty years. Well, there's people in the Bible was they had God was crippled for forty years. He got healed. Woman been on for eighteen years. He got healed. Amen. So, you know, it's not that God didn't want them healed. It's just the connection wasn't made. But when you make a connection with God's power, Amen. you can have it. Amen. Amen. So, so don't think, you know, this is just too big. You know, I'm, I'm, too, I'm, I'm too much in debt. I'm too, this is too big a problem. No, none of it is. God's able to take care of all of it. Amen. Right. Now, in James, let's go there. James chapter 5. <clears throat> Verse 7, James 5, 7, it says, uh, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husband waits for the precious fruit of the earth, and he has long patience for it, until it, he receive the early and the latter rain. Be also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draws nigh. Now, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to read these verses because I wanted you to see something here. 
that the Bible talks about us, uh, about the, the farmer, the King James says husband, or the farmer has long patience for the precious fruit of the earth uh, until it received the earth and latter rain. In other words, the seed has to have some rain on it to grow. And so it takes a little time sometimes for some things to grow. And so, you know, I, I, one of the things, you know, uh, is it, like, uh, one of the like us that have been in the Word for years and years is this. And I, I, you know, we don't necessarily get all the instant stuff that sometimes sinners will get or young Christians will get. I don't know if you've noticed that, but, but we don't. It's like a, a minister, he was, he was talking, and he said, you know, he said, he said you know what? He said, I was, uh, I was praying he said, I was praying for people in the prayer line. And he said, I uh, was going down the line. He said, this guy stuck his hands out like that. And he said, his hands were just covered with warts, you know. He said, I laid my hands on him. And he said, God is my witness, and I, I, I trust this person. He said, every one of those warts disappeared off this guy's hands, every one of them. He said, but I was looking down there at my hands that I laid on him, and I had a wart on my hand. Now, this guy just got healed of all these warts, and I still got one. Well, people say, I don't understand that. Like someone said, uh, someone said to somebody in my church talking about me, well, if, if he can heal people, I can't. But if he can heal people, why doesn't he just heal everybody? Well, I haven't healed anybody yet, so everybody would be a stretch. I know somebody can heal. And I pray for people to be healed. And some people are healed, and some people aren't healed. That's none of my business. That's God's business. And that's their business, between them and the Lord, right? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, a, it's not on my part. My part's just do lay on hands. But, but I, I told you that story because here's the reason why. Because this man, he's been a preacher for years and years and years and years. And, you know, a lot of times God will just tell us that's been in this for a while, use my word, believe my word, trust my word, use your faith, fight the good fight of faith, and come out with victory. I'm not saying we don't get instant things. I've had instant things. Thank God for it. But I realize that if it's not instant, don't get upset. Just keep, just stick with it. Just stay with it until it manifests. I've been confessing every day. Everybody say every day. Every day since June. I can't, I can't tell you what day it was, but it was June of last year. I wrote it down for some things to manifest in my life. I've been confessing every day. And you know what? Some now, I, I did tell our church, I said there were seven things. Three of them have already manifested. Three of them happened. Four of them still haven't happened. But you know what? I'm still saying it every day because I'm sticking with it. Amen. I said stick with it. Amen. We, Amen. People give up too easy. Right. Stick That's with right. it. Amen. I used to go on a place, and I still I haven't been there in a few years, on, in the mission field. I'll just say this. Uh, in an obscure way, I don't want to give any information away, but I would go to this place, and the missionary uh, there and his wife, his wife, one of the most tenacious women I ever met in my life, to, a, to you know, almost to irk me. I mean, if she wants to do something, you can't tell her no. I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, even you don't want to do it. She's like, and she's nice about it, but she just doesn't give up, and so we're out to eat one day, when we're out, and I don't know, we're out someplace, some someplace, uh, kind of out in the boonies, if you want to call it that way, in this foreign country. But anyway, we're out there eating, and they and I'm I think I'm paying for the meal. You know, we're all sitting around eating the missionary, and 
me and some other <laughs> some other people, and uh, they overcharged us a dollar seventy four, a dollar seventy four. So I told her, I said, and I, I almost named her. <laughs> I, I told her, I said, don't don't be concerned about. It's not a big deal. It's not a problem. Oh no, it's not right, Pastor Mark. I said it's okay. It's not right, Pastor Mark. I said it's okay. Forty five minutes later, I'm telling her, forget it. I want to go. It's not worth a dollar seventy four or whatever it was. It's okay. Tenacious. I thought that's the way we need to be in the spirit. Amen. It's not right for the devil to keep my healing. It's not all right for the devil to keep my finances. It's not all right for the devil to keep my blessing. I'm gonna fight until it manifests. Amen. That's right. Well, amen. I'm not going to just let him, let him talk me out of it through time. Right. Amen. So, be patient. Well, there's some things we've got to be patient about. we just got to realize that some things take a little time. Amen. The Bible says through faith and patience we do what? We inherit the promises. Yeah. Abraham waited 25 years. And you add it all up. But it came to pass. You ever think about that verse? It says, what things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall. You know, shall, have them, that shall can imply a process. Doesn't mean it's immediate. I'm not trying to talk you out of immediate manifestations. I think we're going to see more of those. Misunderstand me. But I'm just simply saying, as a person, learn to be able to stand. That's what Paul said, having done all there, having done everything, stand. Just stand there for it. I can't remember what psalm it is, but it was funny when I, you know, when I, when I read it and noticed what David said for the first time, he was talking to the Lord about doing some things in his life, and he told the Lord, he said, remember how short In other words, God, hurry up here. But how I many know God, God can do more with our lives in five, five minutes than we could in five years? Amen. Amen. So we have to understand, we're not, we're not in a, you know, like Hebrews says, you know, let us run the race with patience. What's that tell you? I'll tell you something. You don't run dash with patience. You, you don't go to hunt our dad yourself. No, it's all out. It's all out. You know, and I remember I've told this story many times, but it just it just I remember it every time I just about every time I think about that scripture. I remember racing a race with uh, with uh, our granddaughters, and uh, you know, a lot of people come to these races and they didn't prepare. They just thought, oh, that sounds cool. That sounds fun. I'd like to do that. And I've seen them laying on the side of the road. Amen. I remember seeing one one day laying on the side of the road. You know, just laying out there in the grass. And I was like the, you know, I was like the priest. I just went on by. I went to get some air. I didn't stop. I thought somebody find you. You know. And so I just kept going. But you know, I look at those people and I say, you know, and, and I can just tell you, you know, they they they're not going to make it because they 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 didn't prepare. And so we're running this run race together and. My, one of my granddaughters, she didn't prepare. She didn't prepare very much at all, and she she complained all the way through the thing. Um, but she ended up finishing second in her uh, age group, yes, because uh, we pushed her. But she was like complaining how her side was hurting and how she wasn't going to make it and how she was going to die and everything else, and she lived through it all, you know. All that. So you should have been running with the rest of us when we were preparing instead of you know. Well, I run every Thursday or so, you know. <laughs> But what got me was when we started to run, and it, you know, it's a distance. People started passing us. 
And they started, they started getting concerned. Grandpa, all these people are passing us. And then we heard this guy coming up behind us and it sounded like he was dying. I'm serious. He was going, <laughs> he passed us. And they got real concerned over that guy. They really did. Like, I said, no, it's fine. I said, we're going to pass all these people back. I said, these people, are, they don't know what they're, they're rookies. They don't know what they're doing. And they're just, they took off full force and they won't even be at the finish line. They'll come, they'll send a, golf cart after these people. And so sure enough, as time went by, we started going around, going by him. And the guy that, that you know, that sounded like he needed an oxygen tank, we passed him. Hey, Amen. I should have tripped him when he went by. Anyway, but anyway. Because listen, this this race we're in, it's not a hundred yard it's not a hundred yard dash. It's an endurance race. We just have to stay with it and keep believing God. Amen. Amen. And just stick with it. Everybody say stick with it. All right, we're in James. Go, go to James 1. Let's go there. I want to look at just a few more scriptures here. James chapter 1. <clears throat> James chapter Just stay with it. James chapter 1, verse the Bible says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers or various temptations, Everybody just shouts. And, but you know, when you know some things, you can still have your joy. Amen. I think sometimes we get joy and happiness confused. You know, maybe I'm not happy about my circumstance, but I still got the joy of the Lord. Amen. 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 That's right. I've told my church, and I, and I, challenge, I challenge them to point it out and let me know. I don't think I've ever come in on Sunday morning with my lip dragging the carpet. I've had reason to. But I've just come in and praised the Lord. I see some people when they come to church and they go, oh, they're going through a trial. Why? They look like they, they're, they're, they look like their lips dragging the carpet. Mm -hmm. That's right. Amen. <laughs> and so I see them. I'm like, oh, man, what's going on? I can spot it just right away sometimes. It's like, what's going on with you? But we ought to be people that we're so steadfast, so rock solid, that you can't tell when we're going through something. Right. We're still in the house of God. We're still praising God. Amen. We're still believing God. We're still shouting. Amen. We're still at God's altars. Amen. That's right. You know, you help those people, but listen, sometimes you, eventually people have to grow up and realize you're responsible for your own conduct. Hallelujah. Babies don't know any better, but, you know, people that's been around for a while, it's like, Come on. You, you, it's like, well, Pastor, you never have any problems. No, I just have mine and yours. That's all. That's right. No. I don't have, really, honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't have, I mean, well, the devil tests us all because we're all, you know, believers, but I don't have the problems some people have because I don't create my own or try not to. I try to live by the word, and that, that cuts out a lot of it, but... Most of my trouble comes with people that are going through troubles, and I'm going through it with them. I mean, they're not causing me trouble, but I mean, I'm there helping them, praying with them, and, you know, they're on my heart, you know, and things like that. But it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going through all these trials all the time, you know. That's, you know, I, I, that's not the way Christianity's supposed to be. Amen. Amen. 
You know, people say, well, through, you know, I know we sing the song through many trials, dangers and snares of all come. Well, that's true. We do go through trials. But, but listen to me. I don't know if you thought about it. Our life shouldn't be a constant trial or tribulation. It ought to be the joy of the Lord. That's right. Hallelujah. Does that mean we're never going to have any trials? No. James said, man, count it joy. Walk in the joy of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Even when you're in the midst of things. Amen. Be in the house. Be in the house of God. Be there with a smile on your face. Amen. So I won't be putting on. Well, you're supposed to put on the garment of praise. You're supposed to put on Christ. No, we don't flip fakes and phonies like we never have any troubles or never any trials. I can let you know, yeah, I'm going through, I'm going through a test. I'm going through trouble. I'm going to be in the house of God. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to shout hallelujah. I'm going to sing the songs, praise God. I'm not going to let my lip drag the carpet Somebody, where somebody just notices me and feels sorry. You know, the bad thing about pity parties is nobody else comes. <laughs> You're there all alone. And I've tried to get God to feel sorry for me. He told me one time, I'm, I'm not making this up. He told me one time, I will never forget it, a heavy-duty trial. I mean, you know what a heavy-duty trial is? That's your trial. That's one you're going through. You know, the light afflictions are everybody else, what they're going through. But this was heavy-duty. And a guy came to try to cheer me up. He knew I was going through something, you know. And this isn't like me to do this, but I was just that under pressure. I ran him off. I said, you know, basically just told him, get out of here. I don't, I don't want to hear it. And uh, he left, and, uh, which, you know, after he left, <clears throat> I went and sat down. And it's like the presence of God just filled the room. You know, it's, I, honestly, I can't, I don't want to leave the, imp, in, uh, I don't want to imply that I saw Jesus, because I didn't, but I sure sensed him come in the room. And he just came in the room and sat down by me, and he said this to me, just as strong as could be in my heart. I heard these words. He said, I will cry with you all the way down and not be able to help you if you don't believe me. I thought about that later. I thought, you know what? He said down. See, it cost me to pull myself up by my stress. When he said, I'll cry with you all the way down. I thought, but now wait a minute. If he said that, that must mean I'm going down if I don't change. I thought, I better get my thumb out of my mouth, get the bottle out, and act like a man here, and suck it up. And I did, and I'm still here. Praise God. This is, this is the gospel truth. I was so down. I was sitting in my study, and I had this yellow legal pad. And I wrote on there, I quit. I didn't mean I was going to quit God. But I mean, I'm done with the ministry. I quit. You can't imagine me doing that, can you? <laughs> but I did. <laughs> That's how low I was. I wadded that piece of paper up, and then I threw it in the floor in my study. I went to church. Another minister at that time, he and I were working together. He gave my start. And we were praying for people around the altar, you know. We were just laying hands on people and praying for people. And when we got done, uh, I was helping him, I think it was, or he was helping me. I think I was helping him. I think he preached that night. And I got ready to go back to my seat. And as I was walking away, he grabbed my hand. He said, wait a minute. He said, I see you in your office. He said, you're writing something on a 
piece of paper. I mean, he got my attention. He said, you, you wadded it up, you threw it in the floor. I had just done it. He said, the Lord said to tell you, you can't quit. I didn't have to wonder if that's God. Are you with me? I don't get very many that, that direct, but I've gotten a few like that, that direct, and I know when they get that direct, God's about had it with me. Amen. Well, I better shape up. Amen. 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 I, I remember when we were getting ready to start our, start our church, I didn't, I didn't want to do it. I was happy what I was doing. We were preaching churches and uh, places, and I was happy doing that. I liked that. That was, that was fun. That, I, that, I never wanted to do anything else in the ministry to do that. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, I've got some more things I want you to do in ministry. And I thought, well, great. Praise God. We'll go to different cities. I'm happy with that. Praise the Lord. And I got pulled aside and spent some time with the Lord. And one Thursday afternoon, he said, I want you to go to Newburgh, Indiana and start a church. I thought, what? I don't even know where it's at. I'm serious. I didn't know where it was even at. I had no clue. And I just said, well, why would I want to go there? I don't know anybody there. I'm not, I didn't leave anything there. I, I only was there one time by accident, and I didn't even know that's where I was at. I turned the wrong way on the expressway coming to Evansville and went east instead of west. When I got into the edge there, I thought, well, this isn't Evansville. I don't even know. I thought it was New Harmony or something. I'm t I turned around and went back. And that's all I, that was all I knew about. And I thought, Lord, why would you want me to go there? I don't, you know, and I just drugged my feet. You know, I drugged my feet. I even took was down there one time, took her out for lunch. I drove around the city, had lunch at that the landing restaurant on the river, and I said, how do you like this place? We lived in Jasper. We had just bought a, an, another house out in the country, you know, set up high up on the hill, 40 trees. She loved the place. She'd come home at nights and say, it's wonderful, it's wonderful, it's wonderful. She wasn't talking about me. She was talking about the house. And so we, that's where we were at. We hadn't been there but a year, a year, one year. That's it, one year. Been there one year. God gave us the place. There's just no doubt about it. It was supernatural. I won't tell you about that, but he gave us the place. And been there one year. And now he's talking to me about moving. And so I just drugged my feet, and I drugged my feet, and I drugged my feet. And I took her down to Newburgh. I said, well, how do you like this place? She said, oh, I like Jasper better. I thought, well, this isn't going over. And then later she told me, I know what you were doing. But anyway, <laughs> women are like that. <clears throat> And so, anyway, I, uh, I, I just drugged my feet. And so we were getting ready to go to camp meeting, Brother Hagin's camp meeting, in, um, I must have been uh, the summer of 1995. I'm still dragging my feet on this thing. I'm still like, I don't want to do this. You know, I'm, I'm happy in ministry. I, I, I love my church. I love what I'm doing. I love where I live. I'm, everything's fine, Lord. Just leave me out of this. Don't look at me like you don't know what that is. That's called a, a disobedience. And so I, I, we, she stayed home. I was going to, uh, up, up to Pastor Debbie's church on a Thursday night, and she stayed home. To, I think she was going to pack, get stuff ready for us to go to camp meeting. And so I, I, which is unusual, she usually goes with me everywhere we go like that. And so I'm driving up there, and I'm praying. I'm just talking to the Lord. I said, Lord, I, you know, you're asking me to change my whole ministry. You're asking me to leave where I'm at. You're asking me to leave... This the place you blessed us with. You blessed us with. Now, why do we want to bless us with it and then take it away from us? Yeah, you're asking me to do all this. I said, Lord, I just need some more confirmation before I do something like this. I mean, this is pretty big stuff. I, I, I wouldn't plan on pastoring. I mean, you know, um, I, I just need more confirmation. And God, and this is the gospel truth. I got in that service that night, Pastor Mike. Pastor Debbie's up there, you know, and praise and worship ends, and she stops and she says, there's somebody here. And she told me later, she said, I knew who it was. I just didn't want to call you out. And she said, she said, there's somebody here and said, you for more confirmation. I just did 30 minutes ago. 
30 minutes ago. He said to tell you, you don't need any more confirmation. And he told me to give you Acts 22, 16, uh, which I knew what it said. And the King James, in Acts 22, 16, the King James says, why tarriest thou? Is that direct or what? Is that a rebuke or what? That's not like God saying, hey, you're wonderful. He's saying, get with it, man. I did think this, though, Pastor, I thought, you know, I asked God for more confirmation. He told me I didn't need any more confirmation, and he gave me more confirmation. Praise the Lord. I tricked him. Praise God. <laughs> I'm teasing. But he, no, he was letting me know it's, it's time to get with it. And so after that, I got back from camp meeting. We got busy, you know. But, but, but look at this in James. Go back there. Come, did you get anything today? Oh, yeah. James chapter 1, verse 2. My, my brother, count all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith with patience. But let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect entire, wanting nothing. I mean, sometimes your faith is going to get tried. Amen. What does that mean? That means your face out here and something's trying to keep your faith from getting someplace, see? But I thought about this years ago. I thought, wait a minute, if the devil's trying my faith, that means I got faith. Amen. It must mean he thinks I can, I can receive. He doesn't mess with me. Amen. So the trying of your faith, what, what does it do? It's supposed to put endurance to work. Seed, time, harvest. The seed of your faith, keep, don't give it. Now see, the opposition, the opposition he's talking about, the trying your faith, that's not from God. God's not trying your faith. It's an outside source. It's the devil. But I'll tell you one thing. Here's what I've learned. Many times when I went through trials, Some good things came out of it. What do you mean? Well, we, we call it going through the fire. Anybody ever heard that term? Going yeah. through the fire, going yeah. through the heat. Well, what does heat do? It, it brings the impurities to the tops. That's right. yeah. And I've watched this. I'm like, well, have you ever, have you, ever you, go, you went through pressure and you found out I wasn't as spiritual as I thought I was? Yeah. Am I the only one that would admit that? You know, it's like, and handle that right. Amen. And so you, you learn a little bit about your faith, don't you? See, really, there where it says trying, it means the, the acquaintance of your faith. You get acquainted with your faith at. Right. So trials aren't necessarily bad things. They don't come from God, but I'll tell you what, in the midst of them, uh, there's going to be impurities taken out of us. Things that we didn't maybe know was there. You can say, I walk in love, I've... You know, you can, you can, and it's good to confess these things. You can confess, you know, I walk in the love of God. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a love being created by love God. And somebody runs a red light and creams your brand new car. And you get out cussing. We just found out where your faith was at. It wasn't where you thought it was, was it? Come on. That's right. Amen. I'm just being truthful with you. See, things happen. You find out where your faith's at, you know. It's like, you, yeah, I hear people, I'm a person of faith. I tell you what, I'm a man of faith. I, I, I'm a man of faith and power. And then they get some kind of sickness diagnosis and they fall apart. They're, they're not what they think they are. And it's just best you find out. <laughs> this is going over big. But it's best you find out. On smaller, adjust yourself and... Do the homework, amen. Plant the seeds of the word in your life, amen. Come on, let's go to, I want to do two more things real quickly. Go to Psalm 40. I hope you got something today, but 
I, I, all, all I know is the Lord wants to just encourage us to stick with it. Just stay with it. Amen. Maybe somebody here, sometimes God will, he'll, I've seen him do this before. I've seen him just give service for one person. You may not know who it is, but sometimes he'll just give it for one person. And so we need to know. Just stay with it. Don't give up. Maybe somebody here was on the verge of quitting, giving up on their faith. But, but don't give up. Just stay with it. In Psalm 40, verse 1, David said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry. Hallelujah. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit. Anybody ever been in one of them? Out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. He's put a new song in my mouth. Even praise to our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. You know, God, when he delivers you, it not only is it for you, but it's for others to see. Amen. They'll trust in the Lord. Amen. Have you ever been, I, I grew up in a rural area. I grew up in Pike County. And uh, a lot of uh, old spoil banks and stuff there. As a kid, I lived out in the country on a rock road all by herself, and nobody else on the road. Uh, you know, now I live in a subdivision with, I don't know how many houses are in there now. I think it's a hundreds now. So quite a, quite a contrast. And so I grew up out in the country, and, and we as kids loved those spoil banks because they, it's, it's just where the mines, had, they had mined it and stripped it. In those days, they didn't have to re, re recover the land or however you say that. They didn't have to put the land back. They just left those banks there and they left those pits there. But it was a kid's paradise because we had, we had motorcycles. And we'd go back in there and ride those trails and try to climb those spoil banks and swim in those uh, uh, pits and stuff, you know, and things like that. It, it was the days that you could just let your kids go, you know what I'm saying? You know, I, 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 like we watch Andrew Griffith's show and see Opie walking the streets. I, I, I remember those days. In, in the, right. Yeah, in the 60s, you to let your kids walk the streets. They were safe. Anybody ever, it, it, see, we were a lot smarter in those days. If some pervert tried to touch them, we'd have, we'd have killed them. That's right. Let them get saved if they want to before we kill them, but we'd have killed them. You wouldn't, no, we wouldn't put up that stuff. I, I, I'm still of the same mind. I, I mean, I, I'm probably wrong, but I always, we got an ex-police officer in our church. I said, this probably isn't right, but I always figure if you run from the cops, you ought, they ought to be able to shoot you. We went right along. Praise the Lord. Why should they have to run after you? You're supposed to stop, but praise God. I know we're a soft generation, and this offends a lot of people, but I just believe in law and order, and so does God. And so you're going to break the law, pay the price. Amen. Should have thought about that. I've been in trouble with the law. I'm not speaking from somebody who hadn't been on the wrong side of the law. I've been arrested. I've been in trouble, but I deserved every bit of it. So, anyway, <laughs> that's my political today. I hope you got something out of it. I'm not running for office either. But we would play back in those strip pits, and there were places there was this miry clay. It'd just be like a gray pit of mud. And as a kid, when I say kid, you know, 12 years old, we would see if we could get across it. You couldn't walk across it. We've had to get people out, motorcycles out with ropes, pull them out. I had one friend, he tried to roll across it. You know, that's, 
these are boys that were boys, you know. See, he laid down, he rolled, he got out there in the middle, and, and, he, and he, he did pretty good. And I don't know whether he tried to stand up or something, but you have to get him out. Because you get in that, you get stuck. And David said that God got him out of that miry clay. Has anybody ever felt like you've been in a stuck place? Well, the Bible says, David said, I waited patiently on the Lord, and he got me unstuck. He got me out. Amen. You ever got your car stuck? Oh, yeah, I've had been pulled out before and stuff like that. Not, not since I've grown up. I'm a little bit more cautious now where I put my vehicle and what I do with it now. You know, in those days, it doesn't matter whether you wrecked it anyway or you had dents in it anyway. You know what I'm saying? We didn't have money. We didn't have, we didn't much, we didn't have very many cars, you know. And all, you know, it's like Dr. Barclay was driving down this, he said, he says, after service one night, he said, it was snowing like crazy, it's Michigan. He said, I'm going, Mickey and I, it's after Sunday service, we got a cabin up north, we're going up there and spend some days up there. And he said, I'm driving down these back roads, and of course, in Michigan, if you've ever been there, the ditches are really deep because they have to shove all that snow in there, see. So they're not, they're not, they're not, you know, shallow ditches. So he said, I'm driving along there, you know, and he said, all of a sudden, I see some, down in that ditch, I see some taillights. So he said, I stopped, you know, and said, I had the, there was a car down in there. Wow. He said, so I cleared the snow away, you know, and got away from the window, and it's where I could see the people. And he said, there were two older ladies in there. And they had went off the road and went down in that ditch. So Dr. Barclay said, he said, now, he said, ladies, he says, I'm going to hook, I got my Jeep, I'm going to hook my chain on you, and I'm going to pull you out here. They said, oh, don't bother, somebody will come along in a minute. <laughs> He said, I'm not going anywhere. He said, you guys could die down here. Oh, we'll be fine. Somebody will come along and get us out. He said, somebody's here. Right. And they still like, you know, well, we'll be just fine. He said, I'm not leaving you here. I'm pulling you out. And then I'm going to follow you back into town to make sure you make it. Well, they were stuck. Anybody have been stuck? Have uh, felt stuck spiritually? Yeah. What's the, what's, what's, what is the key? The key is perseverance. David said, I waited for the Lord. He heard me. He got me out of the horrible pit, got me out of the miry clay, and he put my feet upon the rock. And guess what? He, did? he put a new song. Was, we sing about some new things now. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. One last scripture, 2 Timothy. Yes. Is anybody ready for some new things? Yes. I'm talking about good things. God's got new things for us. I've been there before where you felt like, man, I'm stuck. The key is just stay faithful. Just stay faithful. Second Timothy. This is kind of a familiar scripture too to us. Verse, verse 7, Paul said, he said, I fought a good fight. Well, that must mean we have to fight, right? I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Notice he said, I fought, I finished, I kept. I finished, I kept. How many know we need to learn to finish things? Don't give up on them, but finish them. Amen. You run, you run a race. I mean, you don't get a, you don't get a, you don't get a reward for just showing up. You gotta finish. You gotta finish. 
Well, there's things in our life we need to finish. I think this, listen to this now. I think the number one mistake believers make in believing God is they stop before they have it. They stop before they have it. Minister said, he said, you know, he said, I had this guy on staff with me. He said, he was my associate, you know. And he said, uh, you know, God has been talking to me about promoting him. And he said, the guy got impatient. You know, it's like, I want it now. I want it now. I want it now. He said, the Lord, he said, he finally came to me and he said, well, pastor, he said, you know, I'm just, basically, I'm tired of being the associate. I want to be the main guy. Which, I mean, there's a problem with that already. He's got a pride problem. I said he's got a pride problem. If you have to be the main guy, you've got a pride problem. And he said, I, I, I'm going to go on. I'm going to start my own church. And he said, it, it failed miserably. Because, see, how I many of God's the one that promotes us, right? But he said, well, he didn't know. He said, right before he got ready, I was getting ready to, I was getting ready to buy him a new house. I was getting ready to buy him a new house. I was getting ready to promote him. But you see, what happened? Well, his impurities came out. And thank God they came out before this pastor ever put him in another place of honor. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. See, you know, we have to understand. God's the one that promotes us, right? How many knows where we're at? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, but all, it, all he requires out of us is our faith. Seed time, seed plus time. Equals harvest. Amen. Amen. Stick with it. Just stay with it. Amen. Just stay with it. I thought about that guy. I thought, you know, I've seen that a lot where people get impatient. They, they want to do something. They want to they they promote themselves or they want to they fix the problem maybe. And, and they don't wait on God. And if they just waited, miracle is almost there. It's right there, right at the door. And sometimes we give up too soon. We don't stick with it. That's the number one thing I see out of believers is they quit too soon. They quit before the manifestation comes. If they just stick with it, just remember the seed time. Remember that seed plus time, it equals a harvest. Amen? Amen? Thank God for his word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. You know, all of us, Lord, face things. We all face trials. We all face uh, things where the devil tries to talk us out of our faith. He tries to in a place of pressure and give us to get us to give up. But we're not quitters. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. The, the greater ones on the inside, the pressure on the inside of us from the Holy Spirit is greater than any pressure from the outside. And so none of us today are going to be quitters. We're going to stick with it. And we're going we're gonna to see this thing through. Whatever it is we're believing for, whatever it is we're, we're expecting that you've put in our hearts, uh, whatever that might be, we're going to stay with it until uh, we see this thing through to the manifestation. We're, we're, we're not going to be like those uh, that, that drew back, Hebrews said, uh, but we're going to be those that, uh, who through faith and patience, uh, inherit promises. We're going to be those that we're going to be ones that don't cast away our confidence. But 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 we we we're going to realize that after we've done the will of God, we would we will receive the promise. And we thank you, Lord, for it. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we thank you, Lord, for the 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 the, the staying power that's inside of every one of us because we have the greater one living in us. Praise God. And we don't quit. We're not quitters. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
this is an unusual word. If it's if it's not nobody here, that's fine. But I, I don't I don't want to. I'd rather miss it and giving it than miss it and not giving it. Is that all, you understand that? Is anybody here have a problem with your spine, Mary? You do. Come up here, and I'll go pray for Mary. I just got I've just got that strong in prayer about that. So I'm gonna lay, I'm gonna lay my hands on. Mm, my so cool abakaya lebosheklando kotoramanda and fixing and straightening and mending that area of her body in Jesus' name. As I lay hands on her, thank you, Father. Your power's flowing. Ha 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 so cool abakaya. Mando Shokola Mandaya Goshorandai. Thank God for it. Amen. Amen. Mary, you, you, you got an issue with your spine? Your back? Can I let, pray for you? Lay my hands on you and pray for you. Is that all right? All right. Father, I lay hands on her right now. And I just ask you, Lord, for the power of God to go into her back, into her spine, and all the area there. And for you to strengthen it, Lord. That the, the bones, the vertebrae, everything uh, would be strengthened by the might of God. Thank you for her being whole and strong in that area and her spine being healed and fixed in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. You're welcome. You're welcome. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Is that everybody? That I don't know it's a... I don't know. God knows what he's doing. Have you know that? Amen. I've told this story many times, but it, it stays, it's stayed with me over the years. I remember on a Wednesday night praying for the service. The Lord said, I want you to pray for somebody tonight that has a detached retina. And I thought, what? I said, now you, maybe you don't, you, you, maybe you don't talk to God that way, but I'm like, are you sure? I, I mean, like, because I, you know, I thought, God doesn't miss it, but I think I do. You know, I said, Lord, there's, you know, how many people come to service on Wednesday night with a detached retina? You know what I'm saying? I mean, how, how many people come with that? I don't, I don't know, Lord. And so I'd get ready to close the service. He wouldn't leave me alone. He just said, no, I want you to pray for somebody with a detached retina. You know, I thought, well, what can happen? You just look dumb, that's all. I said, has anybody here uh, got a, a detached retina. Nobody at church had a detached retina. Uh, Forty years of ministry, I've never played for anybody in church with a detached retina. But a guy in our church said, "My," he said, "Pastor, he said my neighbor was using a hammer today. The head flew off, hit him in the eye, and detached his retina. You think that could be him?" I said, "That's close enough for me." <laughs> God knows, Amen. <laughs> I was praying for. I was preaching at this church one night. And the Lord, and see, sometimes the Lord, he, he, knows, he knows you. He, he knows that uh, sometimes you'll say things, or I will, before I think about it, you know. And he said, uh, there's some, somebody that needs healing that, that uh, they've had their kidney removed and the other one quit. So I gave the word out. And then after I thought, wait a minute, that's kind of dumb, because if you had your one kidney removed and the other one quit, you're probably not at church tonight. But I didn't think about that before I gave it out. So nobody answered. And me and another brother were at this meeting together. He went with me. And so Phyllis, I don't know why she went with me that night, but uh, I, I closed the service. And of course, you know, nobody responded to that. I'm walking down now. I'm getting ready to leave. 
this lady comes up to me and she says, do you think that could be for my husband? I said, well, I really don't know. She says, well, he's in the hospital right now and he's had the kidney removed and the other one's quit. That'll be close enough for me. And I told her, because he was just like in the neighboring town, I said, well, I'll go over and see him, you know. And I did. I went over to see him, you know, and then God, God touched him, and, and he lived. Amen. Amen. You know? Amen. But see, God knows, doesn't he? That's right. Amen. So, thank God for his word. Did you get anything? Okay. How many aren't going to quit? No, I'm not going to quit. What have you been believing for? Well, a lot of things. What have you been believing for? Think about it. Don't give up on it. Just because it hadn't come to pass yet. Amen. Final story. I heard this testimony. This guy, he said he had a growth on his face for 12 years. That's a long time. He said it was like, I don't know what kind of growth it was. I don't remember what he said now. But he said a growth on his face. He said, I believe God for 12 years for that to disappear. And he said, I never gave up my faith. He said, I was traveling. And he said, I was in a hotel uh, stand. He said, one morning I woke in that hotel, he said, I woke up and that thing was on my pillow. He said, I got up and went to the bathroom and looked. He said, I had brand new skin on my face. Twelve years. Twelve years. I had another friend. He had something for 14 years. Fourteen years. I'm not saying that God wants you to keep something for 14 years. But I'm just saying thank God for the tenacity of not giving up, you know. Amen. A lot of times it's because we don't know, you know, maybe we don't, we're not, we're not making the connection, but... God's got, he's got an answer for us, amen? Sister Debbie. I don't know what I did, but when I, last night, mm -hmm. I got something pulled in the back of my leg. Okay. And I had to prop my leg up. On oh, my that's not good. Night. Well, let me pray for Sorry. you. Father, I lay hands on Sister Debbie right now, and I just speak the healing power of God going to her leg that every, all right, yeah, every symptom, every, you know, every sprain, every soft tissue, uh, that's been damaged here. I thank you right now for it being healed in Jesus' name. And that after today, that thing, that thing mends and uh, uh, the pain goes away in the name of Jesus. Amen. I got one more thing. I want you to put your faith with me. Mm -hmm. You know, I, my son has lost his license 10 years, for 10 years, three and a half years ago. Okay. I've been through hell and back over that. I seen on his trash pile, there's Miller Highlight. I don't know if he's drinking or that woman's that's mm -hmm. living with him. Mm -hmm. I'm believing God's shutting the door to that. Okay, I'll agree with you. Father, we just believe you closed the doors here. Matter of fact, reveal yourself in, in a way that, that the fear of God will be on him. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you for these doors being closed and good doors being opened in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God is good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you this morning for our opportunity to come together and to be in your house and be with you. Receive from the word of God. Worship you. Pray. Give. Just all the things that we are so blessed to be able to do. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen, amen Pastor.